So, all of time and space, everything that ever happened or ever will, where do you want to start? Best podcast in all of space and time. It's the Gallifrey Broadcasting System. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of the Gallifrey Broadcasting System. It's Jace, along with Sean. What's going on? And we've got a great episode lined up for you guys this week. I've got Dr. Squee from the Gallifrey Stands podcast. That's right. Two Doctor Who podcasts are uniting this week, and I'm super, super stoked to share this interview with you guys. Also... Me and Sean are going to give you guys Dr. News, the fan theory, and we've got some more comments from uh, from fans of the show for the 13th Doctor. So, uh, hey, Sean, how uh, how's your week been going this week? Uh, not too bad, my man. Not too bad at all. I mean, school's kicking my butt. I got a huge political politics class to take tomorrow that I'm not really excited about. But <laughs> Well, that's uh, one, th- one thing I can say about being an adult now is that I'm very, very happy to be out of school. I like learning. I just hate I hate school. You make it sound like I'm a child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um so uh bad news. Unfortunately Sean and I have to share this with you guys. Uh Time Lord Expo in Dayton, Ohio, that was set to be October thirteenth through the fifteenth, has been cancelled. And our I was hoping we weren't gonna talk about it. Yeah. Our <laughs> our hearts were broken. Mainly because we don't we aren't gonna be able to see Michelle Gomez as well as a lot of the other actors from the show. But we were really excited to see Michelle Gomez. The good news is uh, we will be, or at least I will, uh, we don't know for sure yet about Sean, but in Chicago TARDIS. Now that's uh, in November, and obviously it's in Chicago. And uh, I'll be happy to meet you guys there. I'll be recording episodes of the podcast. And I've got some other stuff I can't talk about just yet that's going to be happening at the uh, convention. But stay tuned. Oh, surprises. Yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. But stay tuned. I'll be happy uh, happy to let you guys know about that here in the future. Speaking of conventions, uh, Sean, we we've talked about your Peter Capal- uh, your Peter Capaldi cosplay on the on the show before, and uh, mm-hmm. this is a uh, our effort to kind of see if someone out there can help us figure out how to to add to his cosplay so to speak <laughs> i want it so bad so why don't you tell tell us what what this uh this little addition to the cosplay you're looking to do okay so um at you know at the you know uh last convention dragon con that i went to i just i was just peter i mean i was just peter probably the you know the which, doctor i just had the glasses and which all outfit sort of are you, like was it the the like the the so the red velvet jacket with the you know the red button and the blue suit and the boots and you know sunglasses and whatnot. Oh yeah, yeah, so, that's like his his uh, the one he wore like in uh, uh, Heaven Sent. 
Yes. Ah, okay. So uh, I want to do that. I also have a lot of people out there, so if anyone else is listening, try to find me a good guitar that looks just like that when it's hard to find i'm not going to pay 1200 for a real one i might made of money so um <laughs> yeah <laughs> but well, it looks like it would be fa- suffice but the main thing i'm trying to do is i'm trying to create me a davros chair that's really one i want to what? do oh gotcha so it'll be like uh what i think that was the uh, witch is familiar <laughs> the episode where he steals davros's chair like and the, the daleks try to kill him and he yeah, so you got to make sure to have a cup of tea as yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got to have a little, like, Dalek gun as well. Yeah, I'm going to try. I just, I've just i been trying to find online. I know people make them, and I've been trying to find plans to make it. Because I, I can probably work with it in you know, my dad's shop and come up with it myself. But the quicker I could get it done, I would love to have it done by Dragon Condom next year. I'm telling you, that would, that, if you were able to successfully do that, it would blow people away. I mean... That would be one of the, the most original Doctor Who cosplays I've ever seen. And I mean, if you guys haven't already, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash podcast. You can see pictures of Sean cosplaying as Peter Capaldi. And I, again, you know, I've said this before on the show, and I, it's true. It was true then. It's true now. I'm not just saying this. Sean is by far the best peter capaldi cosplayer i've ever seen well thank you yeah yeah it's it's really good i mean especially when his his hair is correct like i mean it looked (laughs) you look just like him and (laughs) i i'm i'm really excited to see if you can you know polish it even more throughout the years because honestly you that's your cosplay like that's the cosplay for you yeah and the fact that I, I, I apparently got it right first try is, is phenomenal to me. So it's just going to get better as time goes on. I can add more to it. Maybe I can work on the, you know, the accent. That would be great if I could get the accent down, Pat. <laughs> if you, yeah, if you, can, if you can get his voice down, then uh, you might even be able to land a job somewhere. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, there's that guy. Um, I don't know if you've seen it. He uh, does um, impressions of the 11th Doctor and the 10th Doctor. Like, really good impressions. And he does them so well that now he works for Big Finish Production doing audiobooks for Doctor Who. Oh. Like, yeah, like doing impressions landed him a job. You awesome. know, so that's, that's yeah, really, really cool. Oh, that'd be cool. Um, do you have any updates on your, uh, your Doctor Who tattoo? Yeah, I actually go back on the 14th of October. I had to delay it just a little bit. I had some cool stuff to take care of. But I go back on the 14th of October to get the middle part of it done, which is basically just tick marks underneath the silence and the galaxy on the backside of my like elbow and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And uh, mm-hmm. if she has time to do anything else, then she will. But it'll be, uh, it'll be about halfway done at that point, I think. Cool, cool. So how, how much time do you – or how, how many more sessions do you think you've got? Oh, well, okay, so I got that part, and then she'll put the two weeping angels on my arm, and then she'll have to do the fill-in in between all the pictures. So probably, I think about three or four, perhaps, and uh, just for the arm, and I haven't even done the, the but the pec's just going to have a quote on it, we already talked about that. Gotcha, so you, you've got a lot of work left. Oh yeah, it'll be like a $2,000 tattoo when I'm done. Wow, oh my god. Worth it, though. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's... What I've seen so far is spectacular. You definitely yep. got a good artist, and um, yeah, she's amazing. And I ain't gonna show it. To, I'm not gonna put it on the Facebook page or anything until it's done. 
yeah, I, I like I said, I've seen I've seen it, you know, as a work in progress, and I'm still blown away. So I can't I can't imagine what the finished product's gonna look like. Mm-hmm. I can't wait either. Yeah. So let's get into this week's episode with this week's Doctor News. I've got some news for you, dudes. Yeah, not a whole lot going on. Yeah, not a whole lot going on. Uh, basically, you know, they, you know, they're kind of keeping everything hush hush. But you know, some people still get interviews and whatnot. So, um, the first one is mm-hmm. uh, Pearl Mackey. Actually, she just uh, she talks about the Christmas special and Peter Capaldi's exit and how it's going to be seriously emotional. Like uh, she quotes as saying, "Have a box of tissues close at hand." So, um, getting right on into it, you know, there's no doubt, you know, Peter Capaldi's exit is the 12th Doctor and Doctor Who will get heavily, uh, heavy for fans this Christmas, you know. But just in case you mm-hmm. had any doubts, companion Pearl Mackey has assured us all that things will be uh, pretty emotional as he regenerates into Jodie Whittaker. Um, she goes on to say, I'd say have a box of tissues close at hand, um, as she said to Radio Times, actually. And as to be expected, it's Peter's last episode as a Doctor and my last episode as well. So there's some clarification that, uh, you know, she's not coming back after that. For right now, anyways, but it is. She goes on to also say it's Doctor Who. You know, you never know. There is a chance that she could make a return later on in the in the franchise one day. But she, yeah, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Well, I, you know, that seems to be the the theme of Bill a lot is like very very emotional. Like the character, uh, in just that one series, experienced a lot. I mean, she basically died at one point. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was, you know, pretty crazy when you look and she had a giant hole in her chest. Yeah. And not, like, a giant hole. Yeah, and became, <laughs> a, you know, became a Cyberman. And then, you know? Yeah, then was fully converted to a Mondasian Cyberman. And then became a pilot. Yeah, and then and then was converted <laughs> into God knows what. And then yeah. now, we, and we still don't know, so, I mean, yeah, that's, yeah, that's it's, a, it's, it's a recurring theme, so it doesn't shock me that it's going to be in a very emotionally powerful exit for uh, you know, for Bill Potts. Exactly. And she does say too, you know, however, despite all the departures, you know, in one episode, you know, she did it, you know, she did ensure us that there are lots of like positives in the episode as well, especially as it represents a turning point in the entire series. You know, she goes on to say there's new beginnings. You've got new beginnings with the next doctor, Jodie Whittaker. It's a great adventure for two doctors. It's going to be very exciting. It's going to be you know, a lovely episode. And so she just goes on to talk about how she, uh, which she did. We, uh, I think we talked about it a little bit or or maybe that was before the podcast we talked about uh her talking about working with the the first doctor you know um mm-hmm. and what she liked working with david bradley and whatnot uh, i don't remember if we talked about that or not did we i if we didn't i can't remember either but it bears repeating of course yeah she goes yes it was you know she you know i did great work with him you know it was very exciting uh, she recalled it was an amazing working with david he's wonderful he's such a brilliant actor a lovely man he's great in it and very very like the first doctor she goes she, she goes it's actually incredible it's kind of uncanny how close he is to the you know william hartner hartnell as the doctor she goes it was kind of kind of crazy to see they uh they perfectly cast i mean it's it's weird you know to be recast like a, it, as we all know doing a role that someone else has done especially such an iconic role as you know the original doctor who um it's it's you know it's uh, a testament to his acting ability that he's able to he's able to do it and i mean if you watch an adventure in space and time i mean again he's not playing the first doctor in that and that's what the the thing about you know i talked about that with dr squee in our interview later is that it's uh it's 
it's you know it it's weird that an actor would play he plays a, an act another actor so he's acting as another actor and then he gets cast again except now he's playing that actor's role like, because he's not, he's in, yeah. you know, the Christmas special, he's not acting as William Hartnell. He's acting as, you know, the first doctor. And I know that, you know, you, you know, yep. you could say, you, there's an argument to say it's the same thing. Uh, there's also an argument to say that it's not the same thing. Uh, but exactly. he does a, uh, you know, a great job. I'm very, I'm very much looking forward to the Christmas special. I'm also very much looking forward to his audio adventures, because, uh, uh, you know, we brought we mm-hmm. we, we broke that news last week on the show. Um, David Bradley is gonna you know do those audio adventures, and I, I'm really excited for that. Yeah, and it, it, I think it's gonna be great. But you know, continuing on actually with the Christmas special, you know, there was a, you know, something else that popped up. You know, we talked about it before, just our own little sense of what we thought in one of the earlier episodes mm-hmm. of the podcast but you know an article actually came out where they were talking about you know is doctor who recre- you know recreating more classic scene or the christmas special yeah yeah so and they, so that now we actually have a little bit of something to go off of you know what other people think you know so we finally get to see what other people think and it's uh you know this december's doctor who christmas special is set to be a momentous for a number of reasons you know uh, twice upon a time as the episode's called mm-hmm. is serving simultaneously as peter capaldi's final adventure as a doctor Stephen Moffat's final writing credit, and Jodie Whittaker's first appearance as the 13th Doctor. Um, but of course, the episode will also have the distinction of hosting return of uh, the very first incarnation of the Doctor, originally played by Wyndham Hartnell in the first 1960s episode of the show, and now taken over by David Bradley. You know, of course, he started in, like Harry Potter. If you don't know who David Bradley is, started you know in Harry Potter, Game of Thrones, you know, and he played Hartnell in 2013 making of a drama, making of drama also and adventure on a in space and dinosaurs time. on a spaceship as well. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, he was actually in that episode as well. Um, and it's the original Doctor's in- inclusion that raises some of the most interesting possibilities. And like I said, mm-hmm. we've talked about this before in these upcoming episodes. Um, since Bradley's involvement was announced, it's been revealed that at least some of the action is taking place during Hartnell's final episode, The Tenth Planet. So with the episode trailer depicting sets and characters from the episode. So even more interestingly, the opening scene of the Twice Upon a Time trailer morphs between archive footage of Hartnell and new colorized footage of Bradley, leading many fans to wonder whether the finished episode will feature more recreations of the classic and partially lost episode. Speculation only fanned by episode director Rachel, uh, I can't ever say her last name right, Talale, yeah. I think, in a recent yeah. interview. Um, she goes on to say, I feel like I'm an expert in the 10th planet. I think I've watched 10th planet more than anybody. Um, she goes on to, you know, and actually in another podcast this week in tra- uh, time travel podcast earlier this month, um, when she asked about her, ex- when got asked about her experience in classic era Cyberman for the series 10 finale. And then she added in, uh, in the postscript, she was like sections of it. Uh, I've watched over and over again for reasons that will become clearer over Christmas. She said, and also different reconstructions and the animated reconstructions. She's like, so yeah, I've watched this section of it a lot. So this could suggest um, that you know they are uh, they're pouring over these classic scenes so that she can accurately recreate them, just like Hartnell's speech from the trailer. We will see more morphs from the original episode to brand new footage, or was that technically only intended for like a one-off promotional shot? And generally speaking, will we spend this Christmas enjoying sections of the first Doctor's final hours, lovingly re- reimagined on screen, or watching a story that largely ignores the earlier ones altogether? So you you never know. So it's good to see that uh, others are kind of thinking the same way we were earlier on. Yeah, that's that's interesting, and 
um, yeah, I, you know, the talking about the, the, the trailer for the Christmas special, yeah, you know, I, it was, it was very cool for me because I'd seen, you know, um, the Tenth Planet and watching them do that, like, transitional of the original speech talking about the emotions of a Cyberman, you know, love, pride, hate, fear, and then, uh, then it transitions and colorizes to David Bradley's, you know, saying the line, have you no emotions, sir? So, uh, it's really cool. Uh, I, I, I love the idea that they can intertwine those stories and, and truly what show, what other show could do this? What other show could, who could, yeah. who could do this kind of looping, you know, and go so far back and, I mean, as far as we know, makes sense. I mean, Doctor Who does have sometimes a bad habit of things not making sense or not being in continuity of the show. <laughs> Hopefully that's not the case with the, with the Christmas special. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like I, I've said three or four times now, really, really excited. Can't wait. Uh, can't come soon enough. <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna. It's I, 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 it's so far away, <laughs> and then yeah, after that yeah. we have to wait almost a year. Uh, it's tough. It's it's really tough. <laughs> I I'm you know, these these breaks and this is again you know, referencing the interview later in the show. Doctor Squeed said something that I that helped me put it in perspective. He said something along the lines of, if. Um, if you're complaining about the, the wait, he's like, I had to wait in the wilderness years from 1989 till 2005. So, so, yeah. it, you know, and I'm like, you know what, to be fair, that's true. Like we, <laughs> we don't have to wait 15 years or whatever it was, you know? Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's true. Um, <laughs> I just, I, I want it to be here now. Like, can I just pay extra and get it now? Yeah. Like. No, I'm just. If, if anybody's out there seeing the movie Fanboys, I'm staging something along those lines to steal the the Christmas special. Uh, yeah. I'm just gonna break go. into BBC Studios and steal the footage of the Christmas special and watch it. All right, guys. Where well, it was fun having a podcast while it lasted because uh, we're going to prison. So. Yeah. It was... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's our confession right there. Please. <laughs> so if someone breaks in. To the studio. We're, it wasn't us. It, yeah, it was us. We're boned. <laughs> <laughs> we have no evidence against it because we just said it on air. But yeah. uh, we can edit that out, right? Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will definitely edit out this part. No one will ever hear it. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah, exactly. But uh, moving on, and the last little piece of Doctor uh, News I have, this one's kind of just like a fan service thing, but I loved it. Because, you know, it's Alex Kingston, my future wife. So, um, uh-huh. She goes. <laughs> okay, fine. Future ex-wife. But uh-huh. uh, Alex Kingston wants a. She wants a River Song slash Captain Jack Hartnick's episode in Doctor Who. You know, um, and she was like, if not, at least maybe their own full spin-off. You know, who wouldn't love to watch that? You know what I mean? I'd watch it. Exactly. But uh, I'm not gonna read the whole thing. I'm just gonna give a quick synopsis of it. But uh, she basically goes on to say that she thinks now with uh, Chris Chibnall as showrunner, it would be kind of fantastic to have an episode with those two. But the uh, the weird thing about it is that she doesn't know if Stephen Moffat, because Stephen Moffat created that character, so she doesn't know if he would. He has certain feelings and ties to that character where he let her go, you know, let someone else write her character. Well, you know what I mean? see, and I hate to break it, you know, like I, I, you know, Alex said this, not Stephen, but let's say he feels that way, like, hey, you know, these are my characters. 
bro, these are not your characters. You, you, that's, that's the other thing about Doctor Who is you, you, you only, you gotta let them go. Yeah. Well, you only get your hands on it for a certain period of time and then it, you know, the torch is passed and you don't get to, yeah. you don't get to say, Hey, you know, like, Hey, don't, you know, um, do this with it or, you know, don't do that with it. No, you, once the torch is passed, you know, you don't have any more say. Ties. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with you being somewhat, if you're, you know, if you're an, an ambassador for the show, if you want to guest, right. If I'm okay with that. I, however, you are not in charge anymore, so you don't have any kind of impact. I, Chris Chimnall, he's given the reins now. Yeah. And the credit. let him let him write something great. If he thinks it'll make a great episode, then let him do it. Yeah. The credit and the blame lie with him. Yeah. At that point, you did your you had your river song. You had you know that you know you did your thing with it, and you ended it with her, anyways. In my opinion, pretty well. But you know, I would love to see more episodes but, with her with uh, you know Jodie Whittaker and stuff. Yeah, I think they so far have done you know great great things with River Song, and I mean, you know the. The Chris Obsession where she came back with Capaldi was great, and yes, I waited for that for so yeah, long. Yeah, it was great, and I again, you know, we've talked about. It. I never thought they'd tie up those loose ends, and they did. That's the another, I guess, beautiful thing about that character, is that she can come back. You know, she's a fellow time traveler. Mm-hmm. Yes, she's quote unquote dead, but you uh just re- remember that uh she said it too in an interview, but you know she was like. You know, Stephen Moffat, I think, loves this character. He's attached to River. But, I mean, he did kill her off right at the beginning. But uh, I sort of think it was not easy for him to necessarily let her go completely. You know, she was like, hence, I think, the reason why, you know, one night in uh, Derillium is 25 years. I mean, we're not even past breakfast yet. That was one of her quotes. But it's really true, because when you first meet River Song, she dies. So. (laughs) That's true, but, again, (laughs) wibbly wobbly. Yeah, I know. It's just funny if you think about it. Get introduced to a character, and she dies immediately. But, uh, you know, after that, it's really all I had for Dr. News. I just, uh, I thought some of that was interesting. You know, like I said, not a whole lot to go off of here lately as everything's hush-hush until the Christmas special. But, you know, we, we do find our gems, you know, as you search and scour. So, so again, that's it for the this week's uh, Dr. News. So, uh, let's go ahead and jump on into this week's uh, fan theory. What do you got for us, Jace? Listen to me. Listen. I just, I just wanted to thank. Fan theory was pretty interesting. I, uh... I've, you know, looked through a bunch of them, and uh, it's basically uh, when the Doctor regenerates each time, the new incarnation changes not only his personality and face, but also his name. This continuing mystery has been a puzzle for as long as Doctor Who has been in existence. The first episode started it all. Susan called him Grandfather, but he called himself the Doctor. The story is that his name is written in Gallifreyan, an alien language which has not been translated. His name is described as unpronounceable. The doctor himself finds it difficult to say his own name and struggles with unexplained emotions because of it. This theory pans out to be true, then the doctor may very well have been have many different names just like royalty. So I thought that was pretty interesting that maybe his name evolved as well and that's why it's a mystery. Interesting. That nobody knows it, not even himself. Right. So like um you know, it could change, like, titles, like, in, you know, in in English royalty, you know, they have the, you know, the Duke of whatever, the Duke of Edinburgh, the the Duchess of Windsor, 
you know, so the titles could change. Maybe, you know, his surname stays the same, you know, his family name, but his his birth name changes as well. I, I thought that was interesting. That is very interesting. But believe, between you and me, I don't think the show will ever address what his name actually is. Not even one. And the, <laughs> and, the, and the reason that I, I, I think that is, A, because they've built it up so much, like made it so, quote unquote, important to, you know, we've seen the scenes where, like, you know, David Tennant trusts River Song completely because she knows his name. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there are scenes like his name... You know, if his name is found, it supposedly has some kind of secret knowledge to it, et cetera, et cetera. Because yeah. they've done all that, because they've done all that, there's no, you know, there's no fucking word that they can come up with that would live up to that. There's not a word in the English language. There's nothing they could say, here's his name, and us as fans would go, What if it's, what oh, if it's like that actors. makes sense. Yeah, so I'm saying that it, it's only gonna disappoint us. It's only gonna disappoint us. You could get it could be the greatest name in the history of names, like. <laughs> That's how they end the whole series. The series finale is you find out his name's Jack, and the doctor at that time just turns and looks in the camera and goes, "Gotcha," and it ends. No, the, no, the, <laughs> the, the series ends with him looking in the camera and goes, "My name is Trump." <laughs> Damn. Yeah, and then every Stupid. no. Um, the other th- reason I don't think that the show will ever address it is because it's it's a great writing tool for them. It's something that they can use yeah. to if to forever you know keep a mystery about the show. Well, yeah, because if you if you if you give his name and then you're gonna people are just gonna be like, well, we know his name. Why do they? Then the doctor doesn't really stand for anything at that point. I mean, well, it does, and the it show isn't, we know his name. Yeah, the show also isn't going to be Doctor Who anymore. It'll be Doctor Jim. Jack. You know, it wouldn't... It'll, yeah. it'll be... <laughs> oh, what's your name? Doctor. Doctor Who. Oh, well, it's Doctor Jack. You know? Oh, okay. Yeah, the companion would say it. Show yeah. over. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's it. All right, well, guys, we had fun. <laughs> um, yeah, so I... A uh, fun little fan theory... You know we're we're creeping closer to the the Christmas special, and uh, as time goes by, we get more and more comments about the casting of Jodie Whittaker. Sean, take it away. I'm not flirting, by the way. Yeah, so you know I love these things. You know, and people, other people might find not find them as funny as I do, but uh, I enjoy it because as we get closer to the Christmas special, I think more people just get revved up and they just try to get people mad at each other by posting comments. So yeah. I just think it's good. Um, and that and the grammar is the best part. But uh, when you when you <laughs> run across those, yeah. So uh, let's go ahead and start it off. So yeah, the first one I have here is uh, if the Doctor will be a girl, what about River? Anything happens to her? Tell me, don't spoilers. <laughs> I don't. There's, I, there's a there's a there's a complete thought in there somewhere. That's I just like. Do you think they're speaking into their phones or something? Yeah. Like I, I don't, don't know, know what they're doing, man. I don't um, know. Sounds the like next doctor. If, yeah. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like they're they're opening up. You know where they can fill in their comment. 
they're taking their keyboards and smashing it into their faces. Something, yeah, and like this one. Next, the next doctor will be child. Cuss. We need variety. C U S. Cuss. What? Cuz. Like they're trying to say cuz. I, I yeah. Wait a minute. But what? What was the first part of it? The next doctor will be child. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Cause we need variety. Let me think. Let me find something. Oh, yeah. Here you go. I'm scared. <laughs> oh, wow. This one's going to be good. <laughs> okay. Okay. Give me a second. I'm back. Right. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm scared of people that can fap to this now. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Oh my god, we went I there. I hate to break it to him. I hate to break it to uh, him. We've been able to fap. <laughs> yeah, have you seen P Peter Capaldi? <laughs> yeah, that's unfortunate. Oh my god. For, uh, for listeners who don't know what fap means, uh, oh my god. do not Google it. Do not, <laughs> do not it Google it. It's not... Don't say this near your children. Uh, uh, don't. Let's see. Do just let it go. <laughs> it here's here's one. I have accepted a female doctor. Oh, that's nice. But Clara Oswald should never return, please. <laughs> <laughs> the Clara hate is so it strong, really is. man. One of these days, I'm gonna make a whole like like Clara hate episode. Yeah, it's like it. it's an episode where I get a bunch of people to just rag on Clara. Just Oswald. walk up to people and be like, so why is Clara episode. your favorite companion? She's not. I hate her. So what makes her your favorite? Like just the whole time. Just... Yeah, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> just like like make it seem like Clara's the best yeah. ever. Um, uh, a couple more. This does. So does this mean River Song is now a lesbian? We've kind of said that to ourselves already. Um, who, yeah, cares? who cares? Yes, Moving please. on. Um. Uh, let's see. Now, what? Didn't know that this show had ended until now. What's this new show going to be called? That's stupid. Uh. Oh my god. Oh well here here you go. Here's a hater. I love this one. Six days ago. They have ruined Doctor Who for me. Changing the doctor by the way, caps caps, who has always been a male, and then back to lowercase. To a female, you've lost a viewer, Doctor Who. Okay, bye. Um Later. <laughs> it's just adios. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you weren't a real fan to begin with, so uh what I'm saying is like this you know I'm I'm not going anywhere. They can uh, they could cast, you know, they could say, you know what, guys, new Doctor is going to be a Gungan from Star Wars Episode 1. And I'd be like, you fucking assholes. When does it, when's the episode start? Yeah, it's it's stupid. And I'll, I'll, <laughs> end, it, I'll end it with another hater, hater one. Um, you must admit that it is, very it is a very inconsistent idea. You could create another female main character, not the Doctor. Susan's grandfather is a woman. Can you believe that, question mark? What's next, question mark? Pink TARDIS? Sonic Lipstick. I would like to see that. Pregnant Doctor. Okay, sure, why not? And the 14th is now an apple. It's organic. <sighs> I People are just... The, the the thing is this. is Let's let's say this. First off, let's just right off the bat. It's a yeah. TV show, guys. I mean, I love it. I yeah. obviously do. We, we do a weekly show about it. Um, I've spent, you know, an in, inordinate amount of money... Uh, on merchandise for the show, and me too. Me, and part of this merchandise is stuck on me forever. Yeah, 
that being said, people are getting their panties in a knot for no reason. Yeah. yeah. Second but thing yeah, about it is is that the show is is science fiction and literally the essence of the show is change, guys. Change. Yeah. Like that doesn't matter. Like the show does nothing but change every few years. It it's that's what the show's about. I'm sorry. I find it incredibly interesting that for the first time in the show's history, the show's been around for 54 years, and we're going to have a lead female character. You could the argument he had in that comment was make another a lead female character. The show is called Doctor Who, meaning the Doctor is the lead character. I find yeah. it hard to believe that they can make a a lead female character when the doctor is still part of the show so why not just take those two ideas and put them together and you say well that's yeah, impossible like that. you can't do it. except it is possible it's, it's possible we're doing it like it's happening and I, we've said it before i think she's gonna do fantastic she's gonna come out she's gonna dominate as the doctor people are gonna be like oh shit i'm a moron can i go on and edit my comment on youtube no because we forever have it living right here in this damn yeah, podcast even if you delete so which, the, yeah it's, guys, it's forever people here. are lucky we don't reveal their usernames we're not gonna do that i, I kind of i wish but, yeah I, I wish we could <laughs> but i'm not that much of a dick i mean i kind of am yeah but, but <laughs> ultimately i mean my my reservations for series 11 are not any have it have nothing to do with Jody. Have nothing to do with a female character being no. cast. It's writing. just the writing, and that's just from that's just conditioned from the last few years of Doctor Who. So, yeah. I watch guys just watch first episode of series eleven. If you don't like it, stop watching. Just yeah, not, I mean just... it's whatever. I mean I'm gonna watch the show whether or not I think all season series. I mean I've made it through two horrible seasons before. If, if this one ends up being bad, then so be it. You know, I mean, what's the worst that can happen? But see, that's the other beautiful thing about Doctor Who. Is like even it. when it's really bad, unless it's, it's still those two episodes. Still I don't remember what that one watchable. episode was called. The one, not, not the uh, not the Loft, but the uh, the uh, the one with the little monster thing that's inside the little girl. With the crown. Oh yeah, I try to. Kind of yeah, I, I try to not mind. think about that episode. Uh, I hate that episode. I yeah. You know what? We're gonna do that. We're gonna do that on an episode. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that. what episode this be, guys, but we're gonna do that on an episode. We're gonna watch that episode or the Azorbalov episode and and just talk about it. It's gonna be it's gonna be a it's gonna be a one where we just yeah. sit there and commentate on it and just watch how horribly bad we bad mouth this episode. <laughs> yeah. You know what? It's an even better idea. Let's drink and and do commentary for it. Deal. <laughs> that's that's a... <laughs> all right. We've got some episodes yeah. lined up for sure. So yeah, that uh that ends it for the uh the Jody comments. Uh, like I said, we're just gonna kind of see how this progresses as we get closer, and then I'm curious. We'll do one right after the Christmas special yeah, for sure, and see what people said about her then in the in that in that episode. I'm curious to see how many people's. You know, if we have a lot more positive ones than negative ones, because right now it's about, eh, I'd say maybe it's about 50-50. It seems to be about 50-50, you know? Yeah, I would agree But we'll that. see how it goes when, after for the episode. Sure. Yeah, for sure. So, all right, guys. Again, like I said at the beginning of the show, I'm so, so excited to share this with you guys. There's another Doctor Who podcast, which if you haven't listened to it yet, it is great. It's called... Gallifrey Stands, the Gallifrey Stands podcast, and it's hosted by a guy 
His name's Dr. Squee. And I was able to sit down with him and have a have a talk about his show and, and, and him as a fan of Doctor Who. So we're going to jump into part one of our interview with Dr. Squee. Could you all just stay still a minute because I am talking! Okay, fans, so here we are. I'm, I've got the man himself here on the line. Dr. Squee, are you there? I am here, sir. How are you doing this fine night? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. So it's nighttime over in in, uh, in cloudy England. It is uh, it is daytime here in uh, the sunny sunny state of Illinois. Um, so right off the bat, you know, I wanted to ask you just a few questions about your show. So for uh, for the GBS listeners who don't know, Doctor Squee actually has his own podcast it's actually called the gallifrey stance podcast so uh doctor can you tell us a little bit about about your show sure i mean it uh, started about three years ago something like that uh, mm-hmm. we're on episode 181 at the moment uh, which will be out this weekend and basically it started off as just me kind of uh, i like to kind of say it was just like me talking to the void so i just had me mm-hmm. and a microphone a very old ailing laptop at the time yeah uh, i just decided to record i think like the first three episodes were a an episode guide of the first series of the rebooted doctor Who, so like christopher eccleston series and uh, i Mm -hmm. had a lot of fun doing that i was kind of like uh yeah i was very kind of um i kind of said that i was kind of editing it within an inch of its life i was kind of very much paranoid about leaving any dead air or anything like that <laughs> and uh i was worried about kind of doing skype interviews because again mm-hmm. the laptop was so old and rubbish that i was worried that it just would cut out in the middle and uh eventually i just got over that and started interviewing people and started talking to <laughs> the first guy i got on was a guy called Stuart bint who um is an author who was into doctor who and uh He's been watching it since he was kind of, you know, he watched the first episode when it was first viewed, when it was first shown over here in the UK. And uh, I just kind of grew in my confidence a bit, started getting some celebrities mm-hmm. on. So uh, uh, Simon Fisher-Becker was the first Doctor Who star I had on, and he was a, uh, played Dorian Malvador. Yeah. And we had this, like, really nice kind of almost three-hour conversation. Oh, wow. Because he actually came to meet me. Because I just contacted him and I was going to say, oh, would you do a Skype interview? He goes, yeah, or I could come down. And I said, yes. And I suddenly realized I had nowhere to interview him because, like, my house wasn't big enough. So I ended up meeting him somewhere else anyway. And we had a yeah. lovely chat. And after that, just uh, started snowballing. So I got some companions that... on. I got a couple of doctors and, you know, uh, the guys who played the doctors on. I've been out to live events. I've even hosted a few panels. So it's uh, really kind of built from there. Sorry, you had a question, I think, there. No, yeah, I did. Uh, I, I, you know, honestly, I, as a, obviously a guy who has his own, um, you know, Doctor Who podcast, obviously I envy that. And it sounds eerily similar to the situation that I'm in now. You know, I feel, I'm on a, a, a grassroots kind of start here. But, um, you know, what... I guess that's the luxury with you as well, living in the UK that you, you know, I can't necessarily, you know, chat up um, (laughs) Peter Capaldi and he goes, oh yeah, you know, I'll stop by in the neighborhood. (laughs) He'd have to get on a plane and come talk to me. My powers aren't that great yet either. (laughs) 
Yeah. Like, you know, churning out Peter Capaldi's more of an issue. I was actually really lucky because I've got a couple of friends who I made through doing the podcast uh, called Ben and Lewis. They're now actually a weekly part of my show. They do a, yeah. uh, a couple of segments for me with the latest news and reviews on uh, Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. And uh, they managed to get a little soundbite of Peter Capaldi introducing everyone to my podcast. And that um, meant the world. To, like, I was but- just on the ceiling when they told me they got that yeah i'm uh i'm actually glad you brought that up because i was going to ask you about that um you know i've heard of uh i've heard you know episodes of your show which i love it by the way you know which if i haven't said it enough gallifrey stands podcast guys check it out uh if you, if you like my show dr squeeze show is a you know even more polished <laughs> but um you know thank you sir. with uh, the beginning of your show you know you had peter introducing it and I just – I was listening it, to it with my co-host. His name is Sean, and he didn't pay much attention to it at all. He was, you know, really looking forward to listening to the meat of the episode. And, you know, right at the beginning when I got that – the soundbite from Peter, I was like, man, how did he do that? You know, I was, I was like really blown away by that, and he was uh, – you know, he didn't give it much thought. And I told him, I was like, man, just think about, you know, how – what ha- what kind of moving parts had happened to get that to <laughs> get that to come together? I'm sure it took a lot. Well, it, it it seems like it would, and I can understand why you think that. But really, it was just uh, the luck of knowing the right people. So Ben and Lewis, uh, they're from a website called IndieMacUser.com. Please do check it out. It's got loads of fantastic pop culture news and reviews, both from Doctor Who and kind mm-hmm. of outside of it. So uh, really worth checking that website out. But um, they live up in Newport, which is just by Cardiff in Wales. And so mm-hmm. when they were doing oh, right, filming... Oh, right, at the heart of Doctor Who. Yeah, so not only do they do filming in Cardiff, but they also do filming in Newport in the city where they live. So they happen to be doing filming... Um, you know, they did quite a bit of filming around Newport. And so... Yeah, yeah, they filmed for a long time. Yeah, um, Ben Lewis would you know. go down there and, and see the filming. And, uh, you know, apparently... This is how lovely Peter, Capal- Peter Cabaldi and uh, um, Pearl Mackey were, that they, they were encouraging people to come up and take a photo with them and have a chat with them. And Ben and Lewis had already done that with them once, and they kind of went to the other bit of filming, and they just approached uh, uh, Peter and said, look, we've got a friend who does this podcast. It's called the Gallifrey Stands Podcast. And apparently Peter might gave a little chuckle at that. He loved the title. And he said, um, yeah, look, I don't usually do it, but go on this once. And he recorded this intro. So not only did I get an intro, but it sounds like it's not something he might do for every show. He just kind of got tickled by yeah. the name of mine and maybe was in the right mood on that day. So, um, I mean, it just right. shows you how lovely these people are. You know, they seem so unapproachable. But like someone mm-hmm. like Peter, he, he grew up being a fan of the show. And that's why I think it's so magical about it. Not only is he just such an amazing actor in the role, but he's got such a love from the show, which comes from a deep knowledge of it as well. Yeah, he absolutely, you know, I mean, I love the story of, of Peter, you know, especially from a young age, being able to be a fan and then even, you know, send like a letter to John Pertwee and then, uh, you know, years and years later be in the lead role. I think that's, you know, it's it's, it's too good to even be, fiction you know it's um it's a great story and i'm speaking of peter how do you um how do you feel about his run as the doctor do you did you like it were you um were you a fan of series eight through ten 
Yeah, I mean, I think he's done a great job. I think it was a a uh, about the right time for a very big departure for the new show, and that's exactly what they did. They made the Doctor uh, a lot darker again, a lot like the first Doctor, actually, in a lot of ways, which mm-hmm. I think some fans forget. That's kind of how it started. He was always a bit irascible and a bit more grumpy as a Doctor. Yeah, prickly um, is the word and, I like he, to use. Yeah, prickly. And he kind of also chucked out the window the stuff of uh, the Doctor having a romantic interest every week, which I actually don't have a problem with, but it was good to do something different, not to have that have yeah. to be part of the Doctor, you know, if you know what I mean. Um, I had a, a guest on my show uh, you know, a few weeks ago. His name's Vince Wilson. And he kind of said the same thing that, you know, uh, he's a he's been a Whovian, you know, since the 70s. And he kind of brought up the idea that a lot of fans don't understand how different the Doctor Companion relationship was pre uh, the 2005 reboot and even before the you know the 1996 TV movie that the Doctor necessarily you know just did not there was not that romantic element at all when it came to the Doctor and his companion, which I, I no no not. Not until the eighth Doctor. Correct. Yeah, he was the first Doctor to really, you know, have that. And uh, I was I was very happy that with Peter, they there was no element of that at all. I mean, maybe a little tiny eensy bit with Missy, but even through the dialogue of the show, they they explained that that wasn't the typical human biological attraction at all. That they were time lords. That they're that they're above that sort of thing, which you know I, I was a, uh, I was very happy with. I, I mean I've had a whole episode talking about what I think of Peter, but he overall, just to sum it up really quickly, I thought he did a great job. The show, in some ways, failed him. I would say with its writing, um, and the character did change. You know from series eight to series nine was a drastic difference uh in who the doctor was or how how peter's doctor was but um you know i i I still thought he did a great job i and i'm really looking forward to the christmas special um yeah i mean my feeling definitely was that uh again it was a kind of an interesting departure the only thing which i kind of uh, had any problem with i mean i I think a lot of the writing was quite interesting, but it was like there was a slight. Uh, it's almost like they went to an extreme to make make him a kind yes. of darker and a less friendly yes. doctor. And there was a cup, just a couple of lines and a couple of bits which just felt a bit undoctor like to me. Even though the doctor's been so many things and can be so many things, uh, there was a kind of couple of times where he was just out and out callous, and that's the only bits where I thought they could have kind of just reined it back a little bit. But generally, I've been really happy with. Uh, a different approach and maybe you know the doctor being a bit more pragmatic about the fact that he will try and save everyone but he knows in his hearts he can't always. yeah which they you know they've tackled that with with um you know david T- david Tennant for sure um you know even a little bit with matt smith but they really you know gave um but, kind of with david mm-hmm. Tennant. i mean with david Tennant, my only point there would be that 
he'd kind of say that he can't save everyone and then he kind of would <laughs> yeah right time. yeah <laughs> and it was like it's almost like a a hero who has to give the speech about like oh i can't possibly save everyone but i'm gonna try it and always end up <laughs> yeah. really saving everyone and that was kind of his part and that was great and it was a uh it, it was a great doctor but like yeah peter capaldi was more of a case of like when someone dies and he's got everyone else to save he'll concentrate on saving everyone else i kind of um have said before i think he was kind of an autistic doctor in his own way and i've worked with a lot of people with autism and that it's it's that kind of practicality over emotion yeah which yeah he lent to the role quite often That's and i thought it was a really interesting take well i think it's kind of really cool because if there's any people with autism who watch the show it's really cool. It's always cool when uh, someone new can see themselves up on the screen who maybe hasn't in the past. And I think that he would have given that to them. Yeah, I think I, that's an interesting take. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with um, the movie Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, oh, yes. Yes. Uh, so I heard um, a fan talk that they thought Drax the Destroyer was the same way, that he was an autistic hero. The way that he yeah. interacts, yeah. he's somewhat autistic, and I, you know, I thought that was great. I was, I felt the same way. Like, it's great to have, you know, everybody in in some ways represented on screen. Um, you know, that would normally not have, you know, um, a hero in their own way. I mean, I don't want to uh, uh, jump the gun on any other questions you might be asking, but it's kind of like uh, how I feel about the new female Doctor. I think it's just right. going to be some other people well, will be able to see themselves on the screen who haven't historically been able to. Mm -hmm. And that's really, the, you know, obviously that was a question I was going to ask you, and it's really the elephant in the room uh, nowadays with anybody. Any Anytime I mention Doctor Who right now to anybody uh, in passing, the very first thing that comes out of their mouth is, so what do you think about the female doctor? Um, which, in a way, kind of does what I'm sure the BBC was hoping for, which was generating buzz. They they definitely did that. You know, they definitely got people's attention with it. Um, but, um, you know, what what's your thoughts? How do you how do you feel about the casting of Jodie Whittaker? I mean, I, I think it's a great idea. I think that uh, if, especially if it's written correctly, and that's really going to be the proof of the pudding. Mm, is how it's absolutely. Written. But just the idea of having a character who's always been male, who's always, uh, who actually has the capability of being female, mm -hmm. which not every character written for screen mm -hmm. does, you know, because um, people keep on comparing it to James Bond, but it's very different. Like James Bond even though the timeline is heavily fudged in that case, like, you know, he's older, right. younger, he was in the um, uh, Cold War, he was too young to mm -hmm. be in the Cold War, his boss is a man than a woman, and, you know, it, it's it's all kind of so fluid, this storyline there, but the fact that he could be a woman would be ridiculous, you know? But, uh, but at least you could argue that that's meant to be one person who is human, so can't, you know, change like that. But the Doctor, it's built into the story that mm -hmm. he can change, and I, I don't see any reason why it couldn't be a woman and it couldn't be a really interesting character as a woman. So, like, for me, I've kind of said that it would be interesting because it's if it's a female character, why not have, like, one of the traits which is magnified in this Doctor be one of empathy, something which, like, women historically right. have more of. So I, there's so much you can do with it. And 
just the fan reactions which I've seen online of little girls who hear that the Doctor's going to be a woman and they're a fan of Doctor Who and they're going to, they, again, they can see themselves up on the screen. I think that's magic. Yeah, and... I, you know, it, it excites me to do something so bold mm-hmm. and so different with the show. And I kind of get how people feel. And it's almost like uh, even though Doctor Who is based on the idea that the character changes every so many years, uh, we're still very set in our way as a fandom. And, and I, I like to think that some of the problem people have isn't per se with it being a woman, it being with such a big change because... Doctor Who fans don't like too much change. Right? Yeah, which is interesting. So, uh, I, I because yeah. the Doctor Who, if you think about it, the shows the the show's essence is change. I mean, that's all the show is truly about that's... is is change. Is the lead character changes, the supporting characters change, the you know the stories change. I mean, um, and I I couldn't agree with you more. I think Jody. I mean, obviously it boils down to how it's written, but it's something different. It's exciting. I think this is, you know, I've said this before in the show, it's the most interesting change to the show since the show, you know, introduced regeneration in general. I mean, the show, um, you know, for there's so much they can do with the fact that this character, you know, has been male for what now 54 years and for the first time ever a woman's gonna play the role i i find that exciting i don't see how a woman couldn't do it you know i I don't know what about the doctor to me says you know that it has to be a man or it, it requires masculine traits doesn't it doesn't make any sense what i've also found as well is that like True Whovians, like people who really love the show, I haven't heard a single one say one uh, one bad thing about about Jody's casting. So anybody, I think the 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 small part of the internet that's voc you know loud and vocal about uh, their displeasure for a woman playing the Doctor is is really relatively small in comparison to the people who actually love Doctor Who. Well, for me, it's kind of... Uh, it's a couple of things there. Firstly, it, it would take so much for me not to watch Doctor Who. Like, there, there are people yeah, who, I... without seeing a frame <laughs> of Jodie in the role, have said, oh, I'm done, RIP Doctor Who, I'm never watching it again. Now, for me, you would have to pry Doctor Who from my cold, dead hands... Like, you know, no offense, I'm a, 100% American, agree yeah. to you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Sorry? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, um, so I, me, I said something what? similar to that. I'm sorry. Uh, I said something similar to uh, to a fan recently. They said something about Jody's casting. And I was like, guys, think about it. Worst case scenario. Worst case scenario. It all goes bad. She doesn't click at all with the fans. Um you know, the stories are bad. We don't like her as the doctor at all. They can just regenerate. The doctor can, that's the beauty of the show is they can just change it again. And it's, I'm going to watch the show no matter what. It's, it's not going to (laughs) change. 
Well, this is the thing. It's it's like it's you may as well just just see what it's like. Like even if you feel like the bombs come out of your world as a Doctor Who fan, that it's a woman. I don't see that, but like I know some people do. Even if that's how you feel, just watch an episode, see how it is. Like, and if you don't like it, then fine. And and even if you don't like, think about it in realistic terms. Like we've had over 50 years we've had longer than than i think both of us have been born yeah uh, doctor who has has been our best show ever it's lasted 50 years plus it has been fantastic even if it went off the rails now i couldn't say i'm hard done by <laughs> you know right. i've still got quite a few episodes i can watch back through hmm. so I, I mean i don't see it like that but even if you do just just come down a little bit and get a bit of perspective you know mm -hmm. absolutely yeah Absolutely. So tell me, you know, what what made you fall in love with Doctor Who? Like what was what was your introduction to Doctor Who and what, you know, brought you to, you know, where you are now with your fandom? Sure, I mean it's it's one of those things whereby if you're born in the UK, you're sort of born knowing what a Dalek is. It's kind of like written into the uh, British DNA to know what Doctor Who is. <laughs> And it was very much so in my in my household when I was growing up. They were still showing on TV. Like, it was still the original run of Dog T when I was growing up. And it was on, and kind of my brother, one of my brothers, and my mum was into Dog T, so that's half my family. And uh, we just used to sit and watch it every week. And so from a very young age, I was watching that. They had the first VHSs coming out of the show wow. <laughs> in the 80s. So I kind of grew up around that time of rewatching them, and um, the Five Doctors just—it it just seemed such a magical premise that not only does this person change faces, but he can meet himself, mm -hmm. and five of him can be there at the same time. That seemed just mind-blowing to me as a kid. So, uh, so I was kind of always into it. And I went to a few kind of different cons, and there was a uh, a display over here at a place called Longleat, which is kind of like it's a zoo, but it had a Doctor Who. Um, little thing, little. Um, it was like it had a TARDIS on the outside, and then you walk through the TARDIS doors, and you're inside this uh, console in the middle, and it had pictures of all the doctors around and little uh, uh, artifacts from the TV show. So that was absolutely wonderful, and I, I kind of just continued watching it all through, and obviously it kind of went off air, but I was kind of still a fan. I still had all the videos. And it got to a point, though, where when the show came back, I suddenly had this kind of feeling of I was enjoying it, but I hadn't been to a con for ages. And I suddenly realized something which uh, had begun as such an involving kind of pastime had become a sort of passive one. So I was watching the episodes, but I didn't know that many people at the time who were Doctor mm -hmm. Who fans. And I thought, wouldn't it be great if I could turn this into an active pursuit? So... I could record a show, I could go out to events, I could meet people who were into the same thing as I am. And it was kind of that passion which got me, it sort of reignited itself, right. if you like. So I never went off Doctor Who, but I did sort of, I don't know, I guess take it for granted a bit. I didn't get involved in the conversation. I didn't, you know, and, and about the same time, it was also taking off, Doctor Who fandom was taking off again. Truly. And people were talking about it online again. And it became cool again. You know, it wasn't something that, like for a while, especially during the wilderness years, as uh, a lot of us affectionately refer to it as, you'd sort of, um, it was like a secret handshake. It's like, oh, I'm into Doctor Who, you? Yep, okay. You know, and you knew you were safe. But, um, mm -hmm. but it, right. 
if you said you're a Doctor Who fan, you're a nerd and, you know, unaccepted by, by society. Now it's kind of, it's cool and it's into being, into not just Doctor Who, but sci-fi in general. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of like how it got to where I am now of, um, of doing the show. And through the show, it's kind of, it's, it's magical as well to me how it goes from being me talking about Doctor Who with other Doctor Who fans to talking to a group of friends and it very quickly happens that people who are, you know, who start listening to your podcast and start following your group, start chatting to you. And maybe they happen to be in your town or your city that week. Mm-hmm. So maybe they'll drop by and see you, even though, you know, you just met online. Maybe they've come from, like, there was one weekend where I was up in Wales visiting the guys from uh, Indie Mac user, Ben and Lewis, who I mentioned earlier. And at the same weekend, a friend of mine um, from America came over. And a friend of mine from Australia came over. And all these people I just knew from the show. Wow. And suddenly we were a group of friends who, who had come from around the world to kind of be in this same town. And we went to the Doctor Who experience. It was a magical weekend. And all this happened because of me enjoying the show and recording my own program about it. Yeah, that, I mean, that's, again, I, you know, I hate to keep stealing your story, but it feels like very similar to what I'm doing, you know, here. Um I can't basically, you know, because I've had people ask me why I do a podcast, you know, what is it for money or anything like that? And the the answer is no, it truly came from a place where I just, I love Doctor Who so much that I wanted to connect with people and I wanted to have a legitimate reason for having, you know, long detailed conversations about Doctor Who with other people. And what I found is that, um... Uh, Whovians are a very, very accepting, very, you know, kind group of people. Everyone, everyone I meet, it's, uh, especially now since the explosion of the, of the reboot, Doctor Who's very in right now, which is, you know, which is fantastic. And, uh, we don't really have to hide in the shadows anymore, as, as you were saying. <laughs> But um, yeah. talking about, you know, the, I guess the wilderness years and everything, what do you, uh, you know, what do you think about um, the reboot versus classic Doctor Who? Do you, do you have a preference, you know, is it, do you feel that the show is becoming, a, you know, a little too romance oriented or, you know, what, what are your feelings of classic Who versus modern Doctor Who? I mean, to me, it's all the same thing. It's just, it's, it's, Doctor Who's always been about the era it's written in. So if you look at the original show, it was meant as a kid's show. So the. Yeah, uh, like a science uh, program. Yeah, so like the episodes in the past were meant to teach history, and the episodes in the future were meant to teach science. That was the idea behind Mm -hmm. it. And that was very much of its time. And kind of, if you look at the style of acting, it's very, um, very dramatic in some bits, maybe a little hammy even in others, which is very much what was happening at the time. And then you see the 70s of Doctor Who and like John Pertwee springs to mind straight away of that kind of like, uh, there was a lot of James Bond to his performance. Right. And, uh, With like um, judo chops and you had yeah. you know, <laughs> like cults and, you know, a lot of hammer horror stuff sneaky in there, which went into the the fourth Doctor as well. And then you get the 80s where you get uh, things like the 
garish outfit worn by Colin Baker. But that was very much <laughs> of the time. And so, like, so no matter which era Doctor Who exists in, it's always of its time. So now you get to New Who, and yeah, you have stuff which is a bit more like, you know, even if you look back to the first series now with Christopher Eccleston, now so many of those CGI effects look very dated because absolutely really in at the time that oh look what we can do with cgi not bothering about the fact that it doesn't always look that realistic like, right i mean i love those episodes and and that series was great but some stuff is very dated and uh but it's still great you know it's a, I, I so I don't, I don't see it necessarily as a as a different or other thing i just think it's a natural evolution that <clears throat> doctor will change with the times so now you are in a time where LGBT issues are being uh, uh, brought to light a lot more, and things mm-hmm. like um, like gender change and stuff is kind of being seen as a legitimate thing in a way it, it didn't used to. So the fact that the Doctor's turning into a, a, a female character now, at least for the next generation, seems mm-hmm. very of its time as well. And, you know, again, like that whole it thing does. of seeing yourself up on the screen, I guess there's some people maybe who have transitioned sexes, maybe they'll see that in that. Maybe that's how they felt about Missy, even though that was a baddie. You know, maybe mm-hmm. that was like, oh, geez, like a character who's changed sex is on the screen. Isn't that wonderful and a bit amazing and a bit kind of, uh, you know, I, I bet it was kind of mind-blowing if you were someone who, uh, I'm trying to think of a correct term without kind of being patronizing, but if you're in that camp, if you have changed sex, and you're seeing that on the screen represented. So, again, it's just very ideas inclusive. Yeah, Doctor Who. It is. It's totally, and that's that is what Doctor Who is at its best for me. Yeah, I I, I couldn't agree with you more. And um, you know, me um, going, you know, I unfortunately am a Whovian of the new era. I didn't get familiar with the show until the reboot, but through the reboot, I you know went back and kind of the same thing you know um doctor doctor who can kind of inform you about how life was in those certain eras you know and um it is like you said very doctor is very much of its time even in the you know what 12 years that doctor who's been back on the air even it has changed you know year to year as a as as the world has changed you know we we probably as fans wouldn't have ever imagined you know back in um 2005 that the doctor would ever be a woman and you know here we are just just a few short years later and uh you know it's mostly being celebrated which i you know i'm, I'm very i'm very happy and i think I, you know i i i'm very excited um i Honestly, I just can't wait for more Doctor Who. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I, I, I've kind of said in the past with the first series when they brought the doc, brought Doctor the Doctor back, they had a sort of Doctor Who by numbers. So this is what an episode in the past is. This is what an episode in the future is. This is what uh, an alien planet is. This is what like so they and and it ended even mm-hmm. with a regeneration. So it's kind of like a uh, this is what Doctor Who is an episode at a time. And I think they've sort of done that. With yeah, the it's uh, Doctor Who 101. Yeah, and they've kind of done that with the Doctors as well. So this is basically who the Doctor is. We'll reintroduce you to him. And hell, let's make him Northern, which is uh, 
I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but that was a big deal over here in the UK. <laughs> you guys were probably thinking, oh, it's just yeah. another Brit. But to us, a Northerner was really something bold at the time. Right. And and then they had the hero doctor, which was David Tennant. And then they had the, here's a young guy playing the doctor. That was Matt Smith. And then here's an old guy playing the doctor. He can be old as well. And now we're going to have, here's a woman playing the doctor. It's like, they're showing us everything the doctor can be. And hopefully next they'll have someone who is a different ethnicity to show the doctor doesn't always have to be white as well just to just to show right right uh, everything the doctor can be and how by being different things uh you can have different adventures and you can have it from a different perspective so i think that's um sort of the journey we've gone over the reboot as well All right, guys, so that does it for part one of our interview with Dr. Squee. So what did you think so far, Sean? Uh, it was great. I, I enjoyed it a lot. I uh, It was good to kind of get someone else that runs a, a podcast, you know, a very successful podcast at that. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, oh, you know, in London, no no, no less, right. to, uh, yeah, to, uh, to talk to us and give us some great advice and just uh, share his Doctor Who experiences and, you know, have another fan come on the show. So it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and I, I like you know I like connecting with uh, with other Whovians, and it's it's cool to you know to reach out. So uh, we will have part two of our interview with Doctor Squee next week. So uh, thanks for sticking around, guys. Uh, hopefully you enjoy the episode. This is Jace. Uh, this is Sean. We're gonna hop in our Tardises, and we'll catch you guys next week when they land. Mm-hmm.